Good morning. What a, what a great time of uh, worship through music and a lot of those songs mixing th- worship of God and praising of God and uh, just a, w- a really great blend and um, will go well with the sermon today, I, I believe. Uh, <laughs> you know, Romans chapter 1 talks about every person on earth receiving what we would call a God consciousness. It says that in Romans chapter 1, verse um, 19 and 20, verses 19 and 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them. That's, that's everyone. Because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. All humanity. We see his creation. We reflect that there has to be a creator. Somebody had put this together. And so when I go out and about, I can't answer every question from everyone. I know every once in a while somebody will ask me some difficult question. You know, what about the guy on an island in the middle of nowhere? And, and uh, you know, how do they, how will they ever come to Christ if they don't, you know, hear anybody or are they... My only response to that is here in the scripture that God will move heaven and earth. He will reveal himself to that individual through his creation. And so I don't always know the answer, but I can, I can use God's word. And I say, this is what his word says. And I usually turn around at that point and say, okay, leave that guy on the island for a moment. What about you? <laughs> you... you Heard the gospel. What say you? And, uh, you know, in, in light of this, if we are honest, every person then knows, since there's a God, when you say you're thankful, you, you have to end up with him as the target of your gratitude. Because you can't be thankful unless there's a person or some entity in which you direct your gratitude. And so for everything, if you think it through to the end, it leads us to God for our thanks. You know, you get a a paycheck, for example, and, you know, I don't know, you just receive this paycheck and you say, well, Gary's laughing because our paychecks were late this week and he went through this. But but anyhow, you would say, well, well, I'm really grateful to to who? To whom? Uh, Is it the... Is it the, um, the person who signed the paycheck? Is it the treasurer, the controller? You know, am I thankful to some CFO sitting somewhere in an office? Uh, you think about it, well, that, that check is actually just a representation. Uh, they're just signing it. They're, they're authorizing payment for it. You say, well, maybe it's, it's the company I work for. that I, I'm so grateful for this company or the company owner. And then you, then you start to think, well, you know, uh, it's... I'm the one that's doing the work. This isn't a gift, you know. So maybe it's me I'm thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, I, I put in the time. I have the talent. I, I, I'm the one that's inconvenienced. Um, I have the creativity. I have uh, the sacrifice of my time. So is it me that I'm thankful for? And if you would follow that, obviously you would say, no, it's, it's not my talent. It's, I've been given life. I've been given breath, the opportunity. God, God 
help me find this job. God gave me everything I need, and he is pleased when I use my abilities. And if God should supply for you in a different way, it still all leads to him. Gratitude then leads us to worship because we know that it is God who made us and he has even made us worthy recipients of his benevolence. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter that God gives me anything. It doesn't matter that he gives me any pleasure at all. What matters is that God exists and he has given me the ability to recognize him He owes me nothing. I simply am afforded the opportunity to recognize that he is. And he reveals his son to me, Jesus. And by his spirit, I am given eternal life. And so in those times when God, by the way, in his grace, provides me anything, even things that bring me pleasure, or he meets a need... It's our privilege and our joy to recognize who he is and worship him. The mighty things God does must not be forgotten. So if God takes away anything that uh, brought me pleasure, he is and therefore should be praised. And I think of how Job put that so eloquently. Uh, when he lost his family members, his crops, his livestock, and his buildings. Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And so, men and women, the end result, the aim of gratitude is worship of the only true and living God. The end result of gratitude is the worship of the only living God. True worship occurs when an individual recognizes that any good that he has or will ever receive is given to us from God. And so again, the way we get to a point of worship is by recognizing this truth. It's inseparable with truth. And so Jesus is the one who said, a time is coming. He said this to the woman at the well, remember? A time is coming and has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so God knows if if you follow the truth, not conjecture, but truth, you'll find him at the end. And so uh, whether we have something significant happen to us that is good, God meets a need, he provides a way, he heals an illness, or he mends a broken relationship, these are opportunities for us to go and tell the world, behold our God. And in the same breath, when something disastrous happens in the world or in our individual lives, and we're shaken to our core again, we say to the world, behold our God. 
because he's still on the throne. He's still in control. God is God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We must never forget the point of the one who is our all in all with grateful hearts. So now that we understand, obviously, the importance of recognizing God and pointing to his mighty works, we must also understand that failure to do so is blasphemy. It's interesting where we find our definition for blasphemy in the scriptures. It's something that Jesus did and how the Pharisees responded that we find our definition for blasphemy. Jesus said to them, because they were about to stone him, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? I'm like, no, 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 we're not stoning you for the miracles. We're not stoning you for any of these, they replied. But for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. He said, well, how do we get a definition of blasphemy out of that? Well, blasphemy really is when you take honor that only God is due and you attribute it to some other entity or some other person or even yourself, not realizing that Jesus was God or not recognizing that Jesus is God. For, of course, Jesus was correct in his statement because he is God and he should take credit because he is. But what I think all across this land, people who are attributing and giving thanks, but their, their target is off. <laughs> it's it's all, all ourselves. And that is blasphemy. I'm, and I know this is a long introduction to our, to our text this morning, but bear with me. We must understand that when God does something in our lives, he is to be praised, thanked, and recognized. We are to declare his wonder, wondrous works. How much more this week, right? We have this Thanksgiving is just a few days away, and we'll gather with our families, and hopefully we will show our appreciation around the table for this beneficent God that we, that we serve. And as, this, as the scripture says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so I'm just laying a foundation for where we're going in today's scripture. As we look at Israel, who would give recognition of a God and his mighty works, remember making a way across the Jordan at flood stage, and they walked across as on, as on dry ground instantly. And God has done many, many acts in our own lives like that. He's, he's helped you cross your Jordan. We must never forget what he has done. We must not commit the error of failing to tell the next generation. And so what we're about to read is how Israel set a very practical reminder following a command by God. And it was something that would remind them and future generations of the mighty God they served and to give him the thanks and praise. The most profound ingredient in worship is a grateful recognition for who God is. And so last week, we, we looked at how the Lord provided a way for an entire nation, Israel, to cross the Jordan River at flood stage. And so we were reminded that we too have Jordan rivers in our lives 
the cross, and we have to take that first step. But just as the priest dipped their feet in the Jordan waters, and the Lord allowed that water to be heaped up and stopped, God is waiting for us out of obedience to place our feet in the water, the Jordan of our lives. And he wants to pour out those blessings on us and provide in a supernatural way. God is the aim of all gratitude. And so if you turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Starting with verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua... Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from, a, from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and carry them over with you, and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together twelve men, and he appointed that he had appointed from the Israelites one from each tribe. Let me pause there. This morning I want to talk about thanking God as an act of worship. Thanking God as an act of worship is initiated by God. I think many forget that worship, praise, thanksgiving of God is initiated by God. I think some of us would like to think that Joshua had a, um, a worship committee. And they thought this up, you know, let's, 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 let's get a rock collection together. And, uh, well, it's kind of, I mean, the, the water is being held up in a heap. What if we, uh, you know, let's just make a banner, you know. I think <laughs> that might be the direction where they, they would have went. But we see in, in the latter part of verse 1, whose idea, whose command is it? The Lord said to Joshua, <laughs> and so you see that God is initiating a form of worship and this is appropriate, by the way, when you're God. <laughs> this, it's appropriate for you to, to declare a form of worship for yourself when you're God. I, I, I think we can get into the rut sometimes by not seeking God and how he wants to be worshipped, even in our worship service. I mean, do we just routinely just say, we're going to have three songs and a sermon and go home? What if God wanted to do something different? What if gratefulness so bubbled up one Sunday morning? We just started sharing all that God was doing. I mean, we have an opportunity tonight, but uh, are we sensitive to the Holy Spirit that way? I was challenged one time, a, a, a Christian speaker, when I was sitting here listening, he said, what if the Holy Spirit left your church? Would anything change? Ooh, that's, that's a challenge. I would like to think. It would, but it makes us stop and think. So the application is, I think we need to go before the Lord and his presence. Would you, would you lay on our hearts how you want to be worshipped, how we could recognize you, what we would do or not do? You may ask, well, you know, how, how, can, I, how can I genuinely show gratitude and praise that you are due, Lord? You know, God's created all things. I think he can come up ways for, for us to honor him. And then we need to follow through. 
There are certain things that we have done in our lives. I know uh, some of these I've probably shared in the past. I remember when Linda fell uh, and broke her hip back in 2013. And then she went through the whole process of rehabilitation. The Lord healed her and got her back up on her feet again. A year later, she was running a race in, in harmony. And that was such a blessing. When I was going through my things, I came across a, uh, her wristband from the, uh, from the hospital. And it was like the Lord said, don't, don't throw that away. <laughs> and so I keep this where I, where I write my sermons. I keep it on a, uh, with a magnet up on, a, up on the thing that holds my notes. And it just reminds me continually, the Lord, even though the, the difficulties that you go through, the Lord provides and the Lord is good. I think of another thing, and I've shared this before, but when our, when our oldest son, Daniel, um, when he was a little boy, he had asthma. And we almost lost him because one night he had an attack and he stopped breathing. And he stopped breathing twice. And I had to race him to the hospital in Lancaster when we lived in Lancaster, PA. And, um, and the Lord healed him of asthma. But I keep this little T-shirt. It's funny because this T-shirt on Daniel at the time was like a dress on him. <laughs> and some of you know Daniel, my oldest son, a big, tall guy, who actually went to, went to college even on a sports scholarship after having asthma. As a, and so... Things like that we keep around, we say, and, and why? To remind us of what God has done. Uh, Benny's downstairs, but um, that's my, yeah, my grandson and, and the, the Kozier's grandson, and my daughter, Hannah. Um, and you know, you remember the, the challenges that he had at birth. And she, she gave me this for my office, and it's a little, when, when Benny was born and wasn't breathing at birth, and then... Uh, revived, and oh my goodness, remember those days, huh, Kathy and Chip? Um, very challenging, and uh, you'll see him running around here. <laughs> he's, he's downstairs now, healthy and strong, played football this year, and, uh, and that's, what a blessing. Um, but these are, these are my stones, right? These are, and, and I share those stones with some other of, of people I love. But you see how God allows for remembrances of himself, that he would receive the glory. Secondly, thanking God as an act of worship should involve all who benefited from his provision. Because when you think about it, why did the Lord involve 12 tribes in this task? Why, why wouldn't he just assign one tribe like, he, like he's done with the, with the priesthood, gave it to the Levites. When he said, well, now you're in charge of thankfulness. No, he, he spread this out through the whole nation. Think about Israel. By, by God involving every tribe, he in effect spread to the whole nation the importance of recognizing, recognizing his amazing works. Remember Joshua apparently had received an instruction in chapter 13 verse 12. And, it's, and it seems like, it, like it, it's an interesting uh, command in the middle of nothing. Like it's, it doesn't say what to do with these 12 guys. But it said, the Lord said to, to Joshua, now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And, and then, it, then if you just kind of read on, it doesn't, you're like, well, what are they to do? Well, he had something for them to do, but he wanted them to get them ready 
beforehand. You see, God was about to do something, and out of obedience, apparently, Joshua went ahead and, and made this assignment. So these guys are pre-approved. They're pre-selected. And I think that's even a step of faith, because when you think about it, when God tells you to prepare for something, you think, I guess he's going to get us through this. <laughs> because there's already a way to, to praise him when we get to the other side of the river here. It's really remarkable. And so the application is we need to involve others in thanksgiving to our God. And I think we need to do even a better job at this at, as a church. And so maybe that comes about when some are sharing testimonies of what God is doing in their individual families as we come together. What about people singing or sharing a poem or a whole family coming forward and praising God for something he has done. I know some of you might be doing that around the table this Thanksgiving. I don't know if you have that opportunity. Some people pass a little basket, put acorns in it, or they put, I don't know, uh, pine cones or, or whatever, corn, uh, dried corn or something, and they each, each person shares what they're thankful for. I don't think that should be once a year. I think we should be, we should be doing that a number of times of giving thanks. Thirdly, we need to help our children know of God's goodness. We need to help our children know of God's goodness. Look at verses 5 through 7 here. Joshua said to them, Go over to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is is to take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. And then I'll put the rest of the verse up here. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And so you you picture this occurring you know, the water is building up. The scripture says it, it doesn't go down a hole or it, it doesn't cease and, and go down and it's like drying up. The water's kept back and it's stacking up in a heap. That's a pretty remarkable, because water doesn't do a good job at stacking up when there's nothing there. And so... You have this going on, and just picked, And these aren't pebbles, by the way. It says, put them on your shoulder. So they're not, not even rocks like this. They're, these are huge stones. They're putting them on our shoulder. And kind of knowing a little bit about these tribes, there might have been a little friendly competition going on there. That's not biblical. That's just my uh, insertion there. <laughs> and so these guys are, are not just noble. They're, they're strong guys, and they have these big stones that they're carrying out of the middle of the Jordan. And all of Israel is watching this occur. And it's, that, to me, is a beautiful thing. And so you have moms and dads and kids and aunts and uncles, and, and, and it gets everyone's attention. And, and how remarkable is that? God never wants them to forget this. And so they pile, uh, according to God's word here, Joshua takes and he stacks these stones up. And, and the scripture says, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? And then you tell them, of God's faithfulness, how he, how he held the waters back. And I know that sounds basic, but men and women of God, I think this is where we might be failing our children today. 
Christians just aren't sharing enough of what God is doing, and it's affecting future generations. You know, there's, there's too much silence, and apparently we are failing to tell the whole story. I don't know who we're leaving to tell the story, but it's really our responsibility. If, I think if, if the parents today were the parents back then, they might, I don't know what they would say when the kids ask them, what do these stones mean? Go ask your mother. Um, Google it. I don't know. But seriously, we are missing the opportunity many times to, when we fail to tell our children of the goodness of God. You say, well, when is that, Pastor? Well, it's when we don't tell our children how God's provided for us. When we don't give God the credit, when we eat without bowing our heads, when we start the day without any recognition of God, when we say, I put this roof over your head. Really? (laughs) Or we tear into Christmas gifts without any recognition of the one that we're celebrating. And so I would just encourage you you, when you do want to thank the Lord, take your time and be genuine. Don't rush through it. Don't rattle off some quick prayer. It doesn't have to be a formulated, you know, wording out of a book. Just allow it to be thoughtful, respectful, and gracious. Oh, Lord, thank you. How you always provide for us. There's another day, and yet you are faithful once again. Because God is not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy. He's not some unseen deity. And so I would encourage you, express genuine gratitude. Take the time. Tell of his excellent greatness. Additionally, we can, we can ask God to show us how we, we can honor him in some physical way. And this, this helps children and adults, by the way, if, if we would just... Ask God to give us a symbol, a saying, an object, anything that can serve as a constant reminder of who he is and what he has done. Something that would stand front and center. Something that would lead others to say, what is this? Why is this here? But make sure you answer the question then. You know, one thing I like about the Jewish culture is that during Passover, there are four questions that the children ask. So they involve the children. I'm not going not gonna to read all the questions that they ask, but one of the questions they ask is, why on all other nights do we have leavened bread and unleavened bread, but on this night we only have unleavened bread? And the answer to that is, you know, God provided a way for us out of Egypt, and we had to leave in a hurry, and we had to use unleavened bread, and it's a reminder for them to point back to God and God's provision. He got us out of here. He got us out of a bad situation. That should be part of our culture, also allowing the children to ask questions. And then finally, that worship, that that gratitude that leads to worship should involve the unity of God's people. These These last two verses. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of Israel, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down 
Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at a spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. And so Joshua stacks the stones up, remember, from 12 different people representing 12 different tribes. And God had them put them together in one place. And note that he didn't have them take those big stones and just place those in 12 different areas. Well, here's a stone for your tribe, here's a stone for your tribe. No, he didn't do that. Yes, we are our own tribe who God provided for. That's what they're thinking. But we are one people, the people of God. He united us through this provision, and we will never forget. And so God is bringing all those stones together and saying, I, this is a testimony to my faithfulness to all of my people, and united they stand. Think of the fear that the people had prior to crossing the Jordan. And now they're across the Jordan, and they're on dry ground, and they're literally looking at these stones now. And these stones that could never have, they could have never have gotten in the middle of the Jordan at flood stage, but now that the, that the riverbed is dried up, they can, they can pick them up and walk them over and stack them up. And every time they look at them now, it's just out of a, out of a heart of gratefulness. Thank you, Lord. If the stones had been kept one for each individual tribe, they, they might have gone unnoticed, but now it's a stack of stones. And that gets people's attention. In particular, whose attention did it get? The children. You know, today we have something to look at across in very similar fashion, but even with more fervent gratefulness. The cross of Christ doesn't provide temporary passage for safety, but eternal passage to the Father. And so we gather to worship. We gather to thank God. We, we bring gifts that re- represent what God has done in our lives. And it's a beautiful thing when one offers a prayer and one offers a testimony and one plays an instrument and one shares a song and one shares a word of encouragement and people sacrificially give unto the Lord. And one stone is taken from the Jordan of our lives and is laid on the altar as a reminder for ourselves and for others. God got me through this. God got me through this raging river, this, this flood in my life that, that, was, that was dangerous, but I got through unscathed by his grace. And so the application is, please be faithful to share your stone. Your story of God's faithfulness. And share it with a community of believers. Our testimony of of gratefulness to God then gets piled up in complete unity as we enter into true worship of the one and only true and living God who is worthy of our praise.
Tonight we have an opportunity, if you are able to come back, it would just be wonderful. I have these stones that are sitting on the sides of this basket. And as we come forward, you don't have to say anything if that's, if that's the way you want to recognize what God has done in your life. But you take that stone and you can place it in the basket. Others will come and they'll give a testimony of what that means in their life. God has done this for me and I want to fill the basket. My wife said... I don't know if that basket can handle all those rocks because it, it might break the basket. And I think, wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> Remember the night came and we just gave blessing to the Lord over and over and over again and it broke the basket. <laughs> Eloise had to go back to Goodwill and get another one. <laughs> I would love that. And I just want to invite you to come back tonight. Again, you don't have to speak. You could simply place the rock with an unspoken testimony, others will want to share. Both are precious to the Lord. Afterward, we'll have a time of celebration together. The end result of gratitude, because we have an aim, we have a target. It's our living God, and we want to worship him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for... First of all, just for who you are and revealing yourself to us. That's just amazing enough right there. But Lord, beyond that, you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And our hearts well up with gratitude for our Savior. And Lord, you haven't stopped there. You, you've given us the Holy Spirit within You've given us everything we need. You provide for us daily. We are so grateful. We thank you for miracles that happen in our midst, like Margot and, uh, and others, Lord, that you've, you've given us opportunity to witness true miracles in our midst. And so, Lord, we give you all the honor and glory. Lord, I pray that not just this evening, but through this week, we would be seeking you, that you would show us ways that we could be reminded of your faithfulness and then give you the honor and glory that you are due. We commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.